0: Teresita Basa was murdered on February 21, 1977. Her body was found under a burning mattress in her apartment. Police had little to go on until Teresita herself provided the information needed to catch her murderer. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie.
1: Hello. How's it going? It is going.
0: It does right. what it does. I can't believe it's already our Wednesday case. I know. This week is, bomb- it's like Thanksgiving's almost a week past now. I know. And you know what that yeah. means. It's almost Christmas. Oh mm-hmm. my God.
1: Okay. Yikes. I'm in better shape Christmas wise than I think maybe I have ever been on That's December first, awesome. yeah, lots of things still to make, but as far as like the the shopping piece, really nearly complete, yeah, me too, actually, yeah, we
0: started in October, we've started doing that, and I love mm-hmm. it so then I don't yeah. have to worry about anything last minute,
1: yeah, I haven't shopped for Scott yet at all, but otherwise, no. the kids are done. Can you imagine That's that? Nice. Yeah. That's impressive.
0: That's one I'm still not done with is my son, but wow, what can you do? We're getting there. Yeah. It's going to happen no matter what. That's just what always happens,
1: right? I know, <laughs> which is one of the reasons I usually have put Christmas off a little because I will keep buying until Christmas day. I cannot oh. stop. I can't <laughs> stop. I start counting presents, weighing things out, getting worried, buying more shit. You know, this is Maybe this is my year for growth, right? Where I maybe it know. is.
0: You know, we just set dollar amounts, and that mm-hmm. really helps us. We're spending yeah. this much on each person. We're spending this mm-hmm. much on each other, and that really, really
1: helps us to just be done. It doesn't help me because I will fudge that. There is no. You're, I have you're, you're no problem justifying that. <laughs> you know.
0: I got gotcha. you. I remember a year when you had surgery when you. Just shopped for the whole month of December on your phone while you were high on payments. <laughs> it's pretty great.
1: I did my husband was like, wait a minute. You need to show me before you ever hit pay, just let me look at your cart, please. Because I'm just <laughs> buying it up. Yeah. <laughs> you my were. Heaven. It was you were sending me and our
0: sister care all kinds of links and stuff. Look at this. Oh my gosh, look at that.
1: My kids had the biggest, most random Christmas ever that year. They did.
0: You know, that's, that's, there's a little nugget of knowledge. Don't, don't
1: have a surgery
0: in December. If you do, oh. uh, keep your phone away from yourself for a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. That is very funny. Well, we have a truly true crime, a paranormal case for you today. And uh, I, I'm excited to share it with you because, you know, these are a little hard to come by. One of the reasons they're hard to come by. It's because a lot of people don't come forward and tell the truth about their experiences. Yeah. And by George, or maybe I should say by Joe, someone did this time.
1: <laughs> by golly,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, no, by <laughs> Joe, Doctor yes. Joe is who came forward. It's true. So He's the man, yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about this. This is the case of the murder of Terracita Bassa. Now, have you ever heard of someone solving
1: their own murder from the grave? Mm-mm. Well, no, probably not. You're you're about to. Maybe yes and no. But yeah, this is crazy.
0: This is crazy. So Teresita Basa was from the Philippines and she came to the U.S. Um, initially to um, study music, actually. But she ended up becoming a respiratory therapist. And when she in 1977, she was living in Chicago and she worked at Edgewater Hospital. She was also working on her doctoral thesis in music, so she kind of was doing both. Wow. Well. And very gifted, uh, she, yeah, very gifted. She even gave piano lessons out of her apartment in her free time. Like she was a, she was a very smart, gifted person. Yeah. So. On Monday, February 21st, 1977, some people in Teresita's apartment complex smelled smoke. Mm. And they couldn't find where it was coming from. So at about 8.40 p.m., they called, and this is weird to me, they called the janitor. I don't know why you wouldn't just call the police right away if you smelled smoke, but that's just me. They called the janitor of the building uh, and he very smartly called the fire department.
1: He's like, and, why
0: aren't you calling the fire department? Yeah. And yeah. he starts <laughs> evacuating the building. Like what the hell dummies? You know, <laughs> this part of the story, I'm like, why would you not immediately call the authorities call the fire department? Anyway. Mm-hmm. So they narrowed down the fire mm-hmm. to Terracita's apartment. So the uh firemen break their way into her apartment. Mm-hmm. And they put it out. They put the fire out pretty quickly. So it hadn't been burning very long. So yeah. what they discovered was obviously not an accident.
1: Yeah.
0: On the floor was a mattress and the mattress had been on fire. Under the mattress was Some clothes that had also been on fire. And under that was the body of Teresita Tabasa. And she had a kitchen knife stuck in the center of her chest.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Uh, She was naked and had been murdered very clearly. They immediately thought that this was some kind of a sexual assault because she was naked. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have very much to go on. There was, you know, potential evidence certainly on her body destroyed by the fire. Yeah, but it—they could see that somebody had ransacked her apartment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So immediately they went to robbery. Yeah, they couldn't tell right away if there was anything significant missing. Okay. She lived alone, so there wasn't anybody to ask right away that would know. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that they did find was. A note she had written that said, get theater tickets for A.S. They didn't know who A.S. was. Okay. And they didn't know if it really had anything to do with this. Yeah. Um, so they did interview everybody in her life. You know, they just didn't find anything to indicate why someone would have killed her. You know, they learned tons about her, but they you know, and what a cool person she was, and the piano lessons, and the you know, getting her PhD and all of that stuff, but none <laughs> of it came to anything. Yeah. Uh, when they did the autopsy, they found that she did die of the knife wound and that she had not been sexually assaulted. So, thank heavens for that. Yeah. So things were just pretty dead in this investigation mm-hmm. until July. No pun intended. Of yeah. No pun, in, no pun intended. Um, so then, that's not funny. That's not that's funny. Not, that's not funny at all. <laughs> um, you see, we have a little, we, we put a little humor here. It's not meant to be disrespectful. It is only meant to lighten the mood as we discuss the murder of this poor woman. Mm-hmm. However, she truly was one of the, Toughest bird you'll ever meet. And let me tell right? you why. So in July of 1977, the detective okay. on the case, his name is Detective Joe So uh, like six months later? Yeah, yeah, about six months-ish, maybe more like four. Okay. Um. So he gets a call from, well, he gets a, anyway, he gets asked to call the Evanston Police Department. hmm so when he does, he said that they had received a call from someone who said that they had information about Terracita's murder, mm-hmm. and so he gets in contact with Dr. Jose Chua, and Dr. Jose Chua lived in Skokie, that that was a suburb of Chicago, mm-hmm. and. So awesome. Dr. Chua was kind of embarrassed to talk to these detectives and, you know, kind of hemmed and hawed around for a little bit. He asked them if they had any belief in the uh, supernatural. You know, <laughs> he just was like, you know, I'm sure they were like, oh, what the hell? You know, Um, so they were just, you know, trying to not judge him because they wanted to know what he knew. So then he tells them that he has had these experiences with his wife, Remy, Mm -hmm. in which she becomes possessed by the spirit of Teresa, Teresita Bassa. And so after Teresita passed away and turns out Teresita was from the Philippines. So was Remy. Mm -hmm. And wait, so did they know each other? No, they didn't know each other. Um, As far as I can tell, anyway, Uh you know. Um, So she starts having some dreams about Teresita after she's murdered. And she kind of ignores them because, again, everyone's like, eh, this is kind of weird, I don't know, you know. Uh So then one one night while she's asleep, she starts talking to her husband in a voice that doesn't sound like her. Uh He said she seemed almost comatose, but this voice, she just kept talking, and she, the voice said that she was Teresita Bassa and that she uh, had been murdered by a man named Alan Showery. Uh-huh. And she wanted him to go to the police and and tell them this. And uh, she said that he had come to her apartment to fix her TV, but had killed her instead. instead. Uh-huh. And so she, you know, was just basically begging him to go to the police. Yeah. So when Remy woke up, she didn't remember any of this. (laughs) So poor husband uh, is telling her like, hey, uh, so did you know while you were asleep, you were like possessed by the spirit of this dead woman? And you were telling me, you know, like who killed you and that I should go to the police with this. And she didn't remember any of it. Wow. So he was like, I'm not sure I'm going to take this to the police. You know, I don't know about that. So then about a week later, it happens again. And it's the same voice as before. Except this time, Teresita is pissed and wants to know why he has not been to the police about this. So he tells... Teresita, that he's a doctor and he's very scientifically minded and he's not sure he believes in all this and yet he is in fact speaking to her through his wife's body. (laughs) So he says he needs some proof that he can take with him to the police to back this up that Alan Showery did in fact kill her. Yeah. Uh, Which I think is very logical of someone to do when they're being spoken to by the ghost of someone who has passed away through their wife. (laughs) You know, like... Mm -hmm. Maybe not would have been my very first thought, but so she says she has proof Mm -hmm. that jewelry had been stolen from her apartment. And this jewelry was unique. It was jewelry that her dad bought in France and gave to her mother. Yeah. So it wasn't just like standard, like costume jewelry or anything. Right. She said that Alan had given this jewelry to his girlfriend. And then she gave him the names and phone numbers of four people that could identify the jewelry. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So at this point, poor this poor doctor, he's got to go to the cops or this is just going to keep happening. Dr. Joe Joe. is like, well, I guess I have to go to the police.
1: But you know, if Teresita Mm -hmm. is hassling Dr. Joe this much, Mm-hmm. what do you think she was doing to her killer right i know it does make you wonder doesn't it like yeah.
0: she was getting through that was some serious strength yeah to get through that's what i think like mm-hmm. she was something mm-hmm. so this is why he goes to the police right so he tells them this whole story and the police were like oh, okay
1: <laughs> and you're a, a doctor yeah and oh. like,
0: okay But they remember the piece of paper that says, get theater tickets for A.S. same initials as Alan Showery. So they go and they look into it. Yeah. They discover that Alan Showery works at the same hospital that Teresita worked at and actually lived quite near her.
1: Can you imagine their surprise? I am sure they
0: were stunned at this. <laughs> they're like, Oh, this is gonna be nothing, but we'll we'll run it down just to be sure. Right. And then yeah. they're like, Holy crap. Yeah. So then they talk to some of his coworkers at the hospital, mm-hmm. and one of them is like, Yeah, I remember that Alan did say he was gonna go fix her TV for her. <laughs> so oh. then they're like,
1: Holy crap. So they go to <laughs> detectives. I it would have been so fun to be on a ride along. Wouldn't yeah. it have been? They're like Son of a
0: bitch, this might be the thing. Um, so they just show up at Alan's apartment uh-huh. and he's there with his girlfriend uh-huh. and they talk a little bit and they ask if Alan would come to the police station with them uh-huh. and they did tell him what they were doing
1: uh-huh.
0: and he said okay. Uh-huh. Um, then you know, they interview him. He initially says he never had been to Teresita's house. Uh-huh. So then they confront him that, you know, hey, other people heard that you were going to go there and fix your fix your TV. He changes the story. He says that he admitted that he did go to her apartment. But once he got there, he realized he didn't have a tool that he needed. And so he left. That and told her that he would have to do it another time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he says he came right back to his apartment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So they, they're they still not so sure because, you know, they're not yeah. totally sure they can trust this. However, they, um, you know, this is all lining up with exactly what the doctor said. Yeah. So they go back to Alan's apartment and they talk to his girlfriend. And they find out that his story doesn't really line up with what she remembers of that day. Uh-huh. And then she, they ask her, you know, has Alan given you any jewelry on the last while? And she said, yeah, I gave her a couple of things in February. Telling oh, her that sake. they were belated Christmas presents, right? Belated Christmas
1: presents. Yeah, because that's what I.
0: Uh... Yeah, that's what you do. Um, yeah. Also, she was actually wearing the pieces of jewelry at the moment that they were talking oh, to her. Oh, my God. Uh, she was wearing, uh, it was a necklace and a pearl cocktail ring she was wearing on her finger. Um, <laughs> so they asked her if she would come down to the police station. She said she would. Uh-huh. So <laughs> they're still blown away, of course. So they decided to have the people, you know, that she named and gave phone numbers of come to the police station so they could identify the jewelry. Uh, they immediately identified it as Teresita's jewelry. Yeah. Like it was just a no-brainer that it was yeah. definitely her stuff. So when they um, you know, they go back to Alan with this information, and of course he knows he's totally screwed at this point, and he and he admits to the murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently he had planned the whole time to to rob her uh-huh. because he was short on his rent money. And, oh, apparently the note about giving him theater tickets was to thank him for fixing her TV. Wow. So she had let him into her apartment, and as soon as she turned his back on him, he attacked her. Mm -hmm. And then he intentionally took her clothes off to make it look like it was a sexual assault. (laughs) Guess how much money he scored in uh, in this crime? I hope it was not much. 30 bucks. So that's why he stole the jewelry to try to make it worth his time. And then he set the fire. My God. Yeah. So he was arrested and charged with that murder. Um, his trial was in January of 1979. It ended in a hung jury. Wow. So he was sitting in prison awaiting a retrial, right? I mean, with a confessional evidence ended. now, what? Um, and a confession. write? and a confession? confession. He did recant, yes. Um, but then he was sitting in prison waiting for a retrial. At that point, he did decide to plead guilty. Mm. Uh, and he did get a sentence reduction for that. He only served 14 years Oh. for the murder. Four years for robbery and four years for arson. So it was, what, 22 years? And this was in 1979. So, you know. Oh, he's out. Yeah.
1: Has been he actually
0: only served five years before he was released on parole. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. So, I find this story extremely interesting for many reasons. One, I mean, that's not a bad wow. comment. <laughs> Two, I mean, that's what, what happened to Remy is trans mediumship. Yeah. But most people train for years to be able to do trans mediumship. Yeah. You know? Okay. But here are my thoughts.
1: Let's. Are you ready? And <laughs> you as a medium, I knew I was going to get some good thoughts. As a medium, I have some thoughts. Uh, I feel like Remy had read about this murder, was aware of it, mm-hmm. and had connected to her in the sense that they were both from the same country, you know, Mm -hmm. I I feel like they looked a little similar. Like there were some similarities here that maybe uh, they even, you know, she reminded her of someone, but she had thought about this murder and and puzzled about it and felt Mm -hmm. terrible about it. Sure. In thinking about it, I feel like uh, in a sense, she, she summoned Teresita, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, summoned is a weird word, but you know, she, she attracted her. Because she was thinking about her. And in mediumship, typically the way you attract a spirit to you is to repeat their name. You know? Mm -hmm. And so she had been thinking about her. She had certainly, uh, you know, thought her name. Maybe spoken her name a few times. Sure. Teresita, I feel like, was frantic to find somebody to tell her story to. I feel like closer family and friends were way too deep in their grief. You know, to be able to get any solid anything from her. And so she went searching. I feel like she probably tried lots of avenues and lots of ways to get through before one's stuck, right?
0: Right. But yeah, as, as I think we know, a lot of spirits do. Yeah. Looking for sort of an open portal. Yeah. Some people and, just have natural
1: ability that mm-hmm. way too. Yep. And that's it. I mean, we call people who do mediumship on accident, accidental mediums.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But here's the other part of that in being asleep. When you're asleep or you're almost in that place between, you know, sleep and awake, those are places. That's why you have dreams that are like visitations from people that have passed because your ego is quiet. Your inhibitions or your defenses are down. It's easier for them to come through. So that makes all the sense in the world to me that Remy needed to be asleep and essentially out of the way, you know, in order for Teresita to come through the way she did. I'm still super impressed because... Spirits, uh, people that have crossed over a lot of times will express that it takes a lot of energy in order to do small things like maybe move something or manipulate something in the physical world. Mm -hmm. So to be able to just slip through her and talk like that is super impressive. Names, phone numbers. I mean, that kind of detail. Mm -hmm. But that's who she was in life. You know, It's, it's who she was in life. She was extremely detail oriented. She was extremely organized. She knew what was up, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then, of course, uh, you know it so happened? The good Daka, uh, you know, <laughs> heard her words. And, and here he was. I feel like she followed the murderer home. I feel like she followed him home and knew exactly what he was doing, what he was up to. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, you know, kind of called the shots all that time until she finally got him prosecuted.
0: Well, and I also feel like, you know, there's a difference between spirits that cross all the way over into the next plane. Mm -hmm. And spirits that are stuck, and she Mm -hmm. died such a shocking, sudden, Mm -hmm. unexpected death. Mm -hmm. She wasn't fully crossed over. She was Mm kind of stuck, wasn't she?
1: And well, she was choosing to not cross. She didn't want to leave. She wanted justice. Right, gonna stay right here until she got justice.
0: Yeah. So she didn't really cross. And and when spirits haven't fully crossed over, they can do more.
1: Well, and they just feel more like, for example, that anger that she had yeah. when uh, when the doctor didn't go to the police. People that have crossed don't usually have anger, at least not no. to the degree that, uh, you know, that we do, you know? Yeah. And so that really told me, I went, uh, you, she probably wouldn't have been able to display that level of anger had this been... Uh, Had she like crossed over and also she probably wouldn't have had the uh, desire for vengeance either. You know, right, right. It reminds me of a
0: time when a client of mine came to see me and said that a close friend of hers had a seizure and fell off a ski lift and died. Like it was just boom, boom. It was so fast and so Mm -hmm. shocking. And that friend kept coming to her frantic and terrified Mm -hmm. she didn't even know what had happened to herself Mm -hmm. and i worked with her to help her we crossed her all the way through you know through Mm -hmm. over up whatever to the next plane you know of existence Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: yeah i remember that like the the feelings that she was having were very much human feelings and not Mm -hmm. the feelings that souls have after they've crossed
1: yes yes
0: so definitely Definitely.
1: teresita was doing Mm -hmm. the same I had a client who uh, she drove past a car accident, a a bike on car, a car on bike accident, Mm -hmm. uh, not too long after it happened. And a man was killed in that accident, the biker, Mm -hmm. and she didn't know him. She didn't know anything, but she went home. He he came home with her. She couldn't quit thinking about him. She couldn't Mm -hmm. quit like hearing him. She was feeling like she was having panic attacks. She couldn't. Like she felt really, really weird.
0: Yeah. And
1: anyway, and, and called me and we worked through it. But yeah, he was he had just latched onto her. He didn't want to be dead. He he didn't want to leave his family. He was trying to stay here, you know. Yeah. yeah. It happens. Rare, yeah. but it happens.
0: But it does. Yeah. It's and it's often a sudden, unexpected death, something mm-hmm. violent. Yeah. You know, something you don't see coming. And she did not see this coming at all. Not at all. No, she just thought a coworker Mm -hmm. who was being
1: nice was coming over to help her with a problem that she had. Well, she'd done this lots of times, you know, and she was a good friend and very gracious and, you know, people were happy to help her out. Was buying him theater tickets to thank him. Yeah. What an asshole, right?
0: Yeah. It's quite the case, but I, you know, not everybody believes in these things, but obviously Mm -hmm. we do. Mm -hmm. Um. And when something as full of frenetic energy as a murder is, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, it can trigger things, trigger things to happen that wouldn't normally Mm -hmm. happen. For sure.
1: For sure.
0: Well, and I thought it was interesting with Remy because Remy was ignoring initially the dreams and stuff. Yes.
1: Yeah. And And she clearly was coming
0: through to her that way first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so was her husband at first. But you know firsthand what happens when you ignore souls that are trying
1: to get a message through. That's happened to you many times. Oh, yeah. They just won't you leave know. you alone. You know, you might yeah. as well just shut the hell up and ask them what they want because they're not going to leave you alone. If they know that you have a sense of them or can see yeah. them, why would they go anywhere else? Right. Yeah. They're
0: not going to. They're going to keep trying until they get you to do what they what they've asked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a very extraordinary story. I think particularly because Remy's husband actually went to the police and told them what had happened and the police actually followed up on it. Like, these are not things that happen very often. Most people do not report this stuff. And if they do, they get treated like they're crazy and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And it's too bad because it, I mean, what was the harm, you know, as soon as they started looking into this guy, they were like, holy crap, you know, clearly he was connected. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, she laid out way too much evidence for them to deny it. Yeah. 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 To know what he'd done with the jewelry and to just
0: amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. It's an incredible story. Yep. It really is. I want to, I want to learn more of these.
1: Right. Yes. And yeah. yeah, good
0: on her. I mean, that's what I think, you know, in her whole life, she was just a, she was a powerhouse of a person. Mm-hmm. Even after her death, she was also a powerhouse of a person. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it. Me too. This is our Wednesday case. We will be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain with case updates. And we will be back on Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain for the psychic hour, and it is marching orders. Yes, this it week, is. Since it is the first of the month, mm-hmm. and we will be back Thursday in the morning or in the afternoon. We are not sure. Uh, streaming <laughs> whatever of the latest daybell uh, hearing there is going to be, and we don't know yet what that.
1: I, I believe to be we before. call that the belligerent turd circus.
0: Yes, we do call that the belligerent turd circus, <laughs> and it definitely is right now. So much that. Yeah. And so much that oh. that we don't even know what time they're meeting because they've said a whole bunch of different times. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do our best with it. Yeah. We'll give you everything we've got. Yep. We, we surely will. So thank you all for being here. And you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care.